Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Can we all read this verse together? But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to read this passage uh, from the New Living Translation. I like it because it's a little more uh, descriptive, helps us understand better. In the New Living Translation, it says like this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Amen. There is a craving in us. There is a sinful nature that often leads us to do the things that God is not pleased with. And whether we like it or not, as long as we live in this world, we will face temptations, we will have cravings of different kinds that will lead us in ways that God is absolutely displeased. And the counsel that we receive from the word of God here is walk by the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Because when you let the Holy Spirit guide you, it won't be easy for you to give into the cravings of the flesh. It's a very simple counsel, but a counsel that we need for the moment. Because many times our flesh overtakes us. Many times our flesh overtakes our thinking. Many times our flesh overtakes our actions. We do something and we think to ourselves, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. I didn't want to think that way, but I'm thinking it. Somewhere we are giving into the cravings of the flesh. And the counsel here is this, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you want to escape from the temptations of the world, if you do not want sin to have power over you, then there is only one way to live. And that way is to walk under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, walk under the guidance of the Spirit. I know people are searching, who do I have next to me? <laughs> it's okay. I know you're lonely, but God will soon add people next to you. Paul says here, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you read Romans chapter 7 verse 15, Paul says like this. He says, for I do not understand my own actions. For I do, for I do not do what I want to do, but, the, but I do the very thing I hate. I'm sure all of us have been in that position. We want to do the right thing, but somehow we don't do it. We end up doing the things that we don't like. You know, we get angry, we get frustrated, show our emotion, and then we realize, I didn't want to do this, but why did I do that? We don't want to do the things that displease God, but somehow we end up doing. We do not do what we want to do, but we are always doing the things that we shouldn't, or the things that we hate doing. Reality is this. As long as we live on earth, it is going to be a challenge for us. But the Bible gives us a remedy, a solution. And what is that solution? Walk by the Spirit. It says like this, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. 
the only way to escape from temptations the only way to avoid doing the things that displease god is to walk by the spirit if you ask certain groups of people a different groups of sect of people they will say that the way to escape from the temptations of this world is to abolish your desire you should no more you should not have any more desires in your life and to be honest it never really works to be honest it never really works because they're always focusing on abolishing your emotions your desires your passions and these are good things that god has created in you if you have to live a good life you need all these things you need to be passionate you need to be emotional you need to be focused these are you need to have desires it's a good thing you know it's always a very i i used to be like that take me to a restaurant and ask me what do you want i'm like anything just give me anything but it's always nice to hear from somebody okay i want something very specific i want this i want that it shows that they have some desire some focus in life some people whom you can meet and some people who are especially you know focusing on abolishing their desires they will just ignore everything the realities of the life the natural things that god has created so many try to live that way so that they can abolish their temptation and the truth is they can never be successful at that so the only way to live a life where you can escape from temptations of this world is to simply walk by the spirit is to allow the spirit to guide our lives jesus said like this that he will come who will come the comforter and when he comes he will guide us into all things you need help you need help with your studies help with your exams help with marriage whatever you're doing in life whatever you're looking forward to the holy spirit is there to guide you and i've realized personally in my life that any area of my life where it's not guided by the holy spirit is going to end up in disaster my emotions have to be under the guidance of the holy spirit my talk has to be under the guidance of the holy spirit my thinking has to be under the guidance of the holy spirit if it's not then i'm going to do something that's going to displease god psalm says like this in psalm 32 verse 8 i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with my eye upon you the psalmist writes and this is god's word and god is saying i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go how does god do that through his holy spirit so the more we live under his guidance our lives will be such that does not please the flesh but please god amen are you with me so far just quickly drink some water a thumbs up is really good when you <laughs> are drinking it but a uh, little later it shows its side effects that's how sin is also <laughs> feels good you know your body craves for it but then you pay a price for it so the more we live our lives under the guidance of the holy spirit we can overcome the works and the cravings of the flesh so how can we live like that if you go to galatians 5:16 
in the ESV translation it says like this walk by the spirit now first of all we must understand that this is a very practical thing because the moment we come to God the moment God fills us with his Holy Spirit what happens is now the responsibility is in our hands God has given us, us his power given us the tools the weapons to walk according to his will and purpose and our responsibility is to walk in that path in other words the path is set for us that the road is laid for us and our responsibility is to walk in that every day so in other words you must remember this that walking by the spirit is a conscious decision that you make every single day it's not a one-time thing it's not that one-time moment where I got saved and uh, I'm excited and I felt the Holy Spirit filling me but it's something where you make a conscious conscious decision where you wake up in the morning and say God I, I decide today to walk by your spirit I decide today to walk by your leading it's a decision that you make every day because the word walk here is not just something that means you simply walk but it means something more than that if you look at the Greek the word walk also means to be occupied with and if you go into it a little deeper it means to be full of to be filled with and to be busy with what does it mean to be full of to be filled with and to be busy with in other words we are called to be full of the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit and to be busy with the Holy Spirit many times we are busy with the world you know busy with our work and that is why our lives are out of control we don't realize when Paul is saying here when the Bible says here walk by the Spirit we are called to be full of the Spirit we're called to be filled with the Spirit we're called to be busy in the things of God involving ourselves in his things and that is what is written here I hope that's clear is it clear to everybody but the dangerous thing that we often do <coughs> can somebody please turn off this fan the AC and the fan is all on me <laughs> yeah thank you thank you very much so the dangerous thing that we often do is that we seek Holy Spirit only in certain areas of life we only seek him when we need him otherwise we just try to do everything on our own strength this 50-50 kind of life is always a dangerous one there are sometimes what happens is there are certain areas of our life we know God wants us to go in a different direction but we like a different plan and because we like that plan we ignore God in that area we say God I know you like it but I like this one so I'm, I'm just gonna go with this so please if you don't mind I'll meet you a little later or I'll meet you in a different area of life it's a very dangerous thing you cannot have God or you cannot have this 70-30 or a 50-50 or a 30-70 um, you cannot do all of that God requires a hundred percent place in your life and if you have to truly walk by the spirit it has to be a hundred percent work many times we wonder why do I do the things I do it's because we are not full of the Holy Spirit we are partially filled and we are happy with that 50 percent but the Bible calls us to walk by the Spirit that is to be full of him at all times 
Jesus sets this example for us. If you read Luke chapter 4 verse 1, Jesus says like this. It says about Jesus like this. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. What does it say? In Luke chapter 4 verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. So he sets an example for us. If you continue to read that verse, it says like this, and was led by the Spirit. So he was full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes we lack motivation. We lack the drive and the energy. We become lethargic. We know we have to study, but we are unable to study. And that is when we go to YouTube and look at motivational videos. I heard of Goldcast, you know, some, all these <coughs> videos that come on YouTube. We immediately go for some motivational videos. We look to those forwards that our friends sent, you know, that motivated us. All such motivation, uh, motivation doesn't last for too long. We should ask the Holy Spirit to push us forward, to guide us, to tell us what is it that we have done that is holding us back. Now, instead of looking onto all those things, we should desire for the Holy Spirit to guide us into everything. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He will fill us with strength. He will fill us with wisdom. And He will give us insight into areas of our life where we have become weak. Like I said before, the responsibility is in our hands. It is to walk. But somewhere along the way, we might have drifted off in a different direction. And we, might have, we may have come back, but we may never have apologized for that drifting away. And you know, that moment, you know, when you drifted away and you never really bothered about it, it's like you hid your sin under the rug and you thought everything is going to be all right. God will ask about that. When the Holy Spirit comes in your life, one of the work of the Holy Spirit is convicting. Jesus said, he will convict the world of its sin. And so when the Holy Spirit is working in our heart, He will tell us, remember how you treated that person. Remember what you watched. Ask God for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Seek for forgiveness. When we live our life that way, I tell you, our life will be filled with peace. It will be filled with calmness. You see, no, a lot of people today, a lot of youngsters today, do not have peace and calmness in their lives. That is why they can't just do anything for more than 10 minutes. They're jumping from one thing to another simply because their lives are guided by a very different spirit. I think if, if people could just really understand what kind of spirit is guiding them, they'll be scared to death. Many times people don't realize what kind of spirit is guiding me. They'll think I am guiding myself. Reality is someone is sitting on our shoulder, deceiving us, guiding us. And we cannot blame God saying, God, oh, you didn't speak to me. No, no, no. The Bible is clear saying, it is your responsibility. Walk by the Spirit. If at any moment in our life we feel like, God, I'm not sensing your presence, immediately spend some time in worship. Immediately spend some time in prayer. Make sure that you, that you have a sense of God's presence around you. Because when you do not have that, it's a sign that tells you that somewhere you've made a mistake. Bible calls us to walk by the Spirit, to be full of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to be busy with the Holy Spirit. 
Amen? Seek Him, ask Him, and He will tell you what you should do. The first thing we should do is we have to walk with the Spirit. The second thing is this, and I want to go to this different passage and share some things from this passage. Uh, this is a very important passage. And if you have your Bibles, please turn, to, turn with me to Luke chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 33 to 36. Luke chapter 11, verse 33 to 36. I want to read these four verses for you. Jesus said like this, No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. Verse 36, if then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Now in this passage here, the lamp that Jesus is talking about symbolizes our spiritual life. And Jesus in this context here is dealing with hypocrisy of spiritual leaders of the day. One side, these leaders were claiming that the miracles that Jesus is doing is out of the enemy's power, out of the power of Beelzebub. If you've read the Gospels, you'll know this name, with the help of the prince of demons. Another side, they want to see more miracles. So what's happening here? Jesus is doing miracles and they're saying he's doing through the power of demons. And on the other side, they're demanding for even more miracles. So in this context, Jesus speaks these words and he begins in verse 33 and he says, No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who may enter may see the light. So what Jesus says here is that just as a lamp should be displayed out in the open so that all can benefit its light, so that the work and word of God should always be displayed. You can, you can buy a very fancy lamp for your house, a beautiful light, and then after turning it on, uh, you cover it with a cardboard box. What is it? First of all, it's foolishness. Second thing, you're donating your precious money to the electricity board. Why? Because you're lighting a lamp, you're lighting something, but you don't want that light. It shows a form of hypocrisy. What Jesus is saying here is that the word and the work of God should always be displayed. But again, the problem here is that when Jesus displays it, they don't want to see it. But at the same time, they want to see it. Imagine, we think we are dealing with complicated people sometime in our life. But Jesus was dealing with even more complicated people. Now, why, why are these people this way? Simply because they are blind. Not physically blind, but spiritually they are blind. If you read verse 34, please pay attention. If you read verse 34, Jesus says like this, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it's bad, 
your body is full of darkness. So even as a bad eye will make a person blind, so that even, even their bad hearts or bad thinking will make them spiritually blind. Now please follow along. I began talking about the Holy Spirit's guidance and it may seem like I'm drifting away somewhere, but I'm going to make a point here and come back to our main passage. Please listen carefully. The problem here is that these so-called spiritual leaders attributed the miracles of Jesus to Satan and they ignored the works of God that was right before their eyes. So what were they doing? In other words, they were living like a hypocrite. They showed, they themselves are demonstrating that we are spiritually blind. And then Jesus goes on to say, please follow along. Jesus goes on to say in verse 35, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. It's in the New Living Translation. Yes, you have the correct verse. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. So these people are thinking, we know everything about God's word. We know who God is. And then Jesus makes this statement saying, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. I believe this is important for us today as well. Because we are living in times where many are falling into spiritual deception. Why do I say that? There are many who think that they are spiritual, but in fact, but in reality, they are very, very far away from God. They look like followers of Jesus, but in reality are the enemies of God. They present themselves as people who truly love God, but in reality, they will hate God. You may wonder, how does that happen in my life? You see, when you disobey God, you say that you don't like Him. If you want to understand this, better get married and disobey your spouse. You will know <laughs> the consequences of that. My wife is laughing, she knows. <laughs> they present themselves, because see, when you love someone, you obey them, right? People present themselves as, you know, I'm living in the presence of God, but they don't obey God. Who are they? They are people who hate God. These are people who spiritually who use spirituality and church as a crutch to get what they want. There's a spiritual deception. Jesus is saying, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you go, to, go with me to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says like this, now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Can you believe that? And can I tell you something? This is happening... <coughs> Excuse me. This is happening in the church today. It says like this, there will be certain people who will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and, and who's teaching? teaching of demons and Paul is not you know mincing any words he's making it clear that time will come and people will devote themselves to teaching of demons last week I was watching a video called atmosphere design have you heard of it atmosphere design basically you co-create with God 
no you co-create with god so if you're doing an interior design instead of calling an interior designer you ask god and say god what should i place here because they say if you place the right objects in the right place presence of god will start flowing automatically now in our terms in the indian context we can call it there are so many things we have vastu uh, you know your 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 door post has to be uh, facing uh, the east i believe in all this and so christians are bringing that and they talk about it and this uh, probably i'll do a video on that soon or talk about it some day very important because these are literally teaching of demons and this man says something the way he says he puts the star of david i think it's a six pointed star or a five pointed star i'm not sure uh he puts the star of david and he says that i have placed one star above and one star below and the moment i stand there there's a strong presence of god okay this is what he says literally and uh i have also studied demonology if you if you study how satan satan worshipers worship satan and call demons they sit inside a star they literally sit inside a star and they have candles around them and when i was hearing this man who so called christian talk about this these are people who think they have light in them but what is jesus saying make sure it's not darkness many see the bible is very clear in its counsel walk by the spirit walk according to the word of god don't be carried away by the things of this world the pharisees are the in those times they are the ones who should know who the messiah is but they were spiritually blinded so blinded that they called the miracles of jesus the works of satan and still they are demanding more miracles from jesus they were hypocrites they were so called religious leaders but they were dead inside sometimes we can be like that we can come to church we can do everything be faithful to the church but we can be dead inside who are we we think we have light but deep inside there is darkness second timothy chapter 3 verse 5 says like this they will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly what is it they will act religious going to church they will be half an hour early giving tithes they will give 20% or 30% or even more very very faithful to the ministry very faithful to the church but what will they do they will reject the power that could make them godly paul tells timothy stay away from people like that william barclay calls this window dressing of faith you just nicely dress it up on the outside but deep inside you're still dark they want to be seen as good people but are not truly following god they have a religion they have a religion but no legitimate relationship with god they are the kind of people who choose to obey according to their convenience and more importantly these are the kind of people who dismiss the word of god when it's not to their liking you see today today you can become a popular preacher if you talk about a few subjects and if you want to know the subjects really well i can tell you what the subjects are very simple 
talk about your breakthrough, your blessings, uh, your time of... Uh, basically, you just talk about blessings, you encourage them, you comfort them, but don't talk about sin. If you don't talk about sin, you'll be a very successful preacher. You'll make it really well. You'll get really good offerings. Uh, just make people feel good about themselves. And talk about how each one is very special and unique. And you'll be a very, very good preacher. But when the word of God comes in its fullness, and when they dismiss it, what are they doing? They want to have a religion, but they have no legitimate relationship with God. All of us have parents, and we love our parents, right? And they comfort us, they encourage us, they provide for us, pay for us. And also, what do they do? They scold us. They sometimes say things that we don't like to hear, but do we run away from them? No. That shows that we have a relationship. But when you start running away, when they scold you, what does that mean? You're just there for the benefits. You don't like your parents, but you like what they give you. The same thing with God. When people start dismissing the word of God based on their liking, they are the form of people who like religion but don't want to have a relationship with God. They are under the doctrine of demons, under a different kind of spirit. That is why Jesus says, make sure the light that you think you have is not actually darkness. See, when you read this passage, what it reminds us is that the responsibility of walking in the spirit is on our shoulders. Don't expect your pastor to come and spoon feed you all the time. Come for counsel, come for mentorship. But let me remind you something. Walking by the spirit is your responsibility. Wake up in the morning, make that conscious decision. Tell God, I want to walk by the spirit. I want to walk by your will. I want to walk according to your purpose. Make that decision every day. It's not enough that you made once upon a time. It's not enough that you committed yourself once upon a time. Make it every day. Because when you make it every day, you're constantly reminded that there is a path that God has set for me and I need to walk. And I can tell you, when you're called for a purpose, when you're called for a specific purpose, the enemy also creates a path for you so that you can stray away from that purpose. But when you make that commitment saying, God, I want to walk according to your will. I want to walk according to your desire. You will always stay on the right path. The responsibility is on our shoulders. And we have to make sure that we keep that lamp burning in us. We have to make sure that the lamp that is burning in us is not actually darkness. Amen. Are you with me so far? Many times our hearts can become hard. When we're doing a certain sin, we hear warnings from the Holy Spirit. But over time, as we keep doing it, repeating it, it becomes normal for us. When sin becomes normal, it's a very dangerous thing. And we have to make sure that we never reach that stage of life where sin becomes normal. Our hearts can become hard. A hardened heart is a heart that is filled with darkness. Our hearts can become dull sometimes. You know, when we came to Christ, when we heard about the cross, our heart will melt. 
with gratitude for our Christ. But years later, when we hear about the cross, it doesn't affect us. There is a story that is said about a little girl that she was in church and the pastor was talking about the crucifixion story. And as he was talking about every event that happened on the day of crucifixion, finally, when he said they nailed him to the cross, this little girl started weeping, crying, saying, why did they do that to him? Why did they nail Jesus to the cross? She began to weep, but everybody was just normal. They didn't seem to be bothered. It tells us something that over time, our heart loses that sensitivity. We become dull in our spirit. We become dull in our spirit that when we hear the gospel, it doesn't affect us anymore. When we hear a, sin, uh, a message about, you know, sin and holiness, it doesn't affect us. We'll think to ourselves, I've heard how many, you know, sermons on holiness. All that doesn't affect me. We have to be careful that our hearts do not become dull. And sometimes our heart can become rebellious. There's an act of rebellion whether we like to know it or not. We know what God's way is, but we actively take a different path. That's an act of rebellion. God is desiring for us to be a generation that will walk by the Spirit. We have to make sure that our lamp is burning at all times. Make sure that the lamp that we have in us is actually not darkness. When you live like that, you will live according to God's desires and you won't give in to the temptations of the flesh. And if you ever feel like you're experiencing too many temptations in your life that you're unable to bear, you're feeling very overwhelmed by the temptation of the world, let me tell you this. It is happening in your life because let me be plain and honest. You are not walking by the Spirit. When your life is out of control, it's an evidence that you are not walking by the Spirit, that your lamp is not burning at all times. And see, when your lamp is not burning at all times, it leads you to a lot of things. When you do not walk by the Spirit, you, you walk in a very different way. In Galatians chapter 5, let's go back to that passage. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 to 21 says like this, Now the works of flesh are evident. What are they? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and things like these. These are the things that happen when we do not walk by the Spirit. Now, when you read all these things, you may think, okay, I'm not that bad, you know. I'm, I'm better, I'm not in this list. But if you actually study this passage, you will realize that some of these things are actually working in our life. For example, if you look at the word sensuality, the word sensuality has been defined as readiness for any pleasure. Anything that we do just so that we can feel better about ourselves, just so that we can get pleasure, you know, just being ready for any sort of pleasure is sensuality. It says those who practice it have no restraint. 
Sometimes even a lack of self-control can be called sensuality. Anything that we want to do at that moment, we just do it. Sensuality. Idolatry. Placing human objects, things that are made by human hands into our life. Rivalry, jealousy. If you look at the word jealousy, the word jealousy actually comes from a word zelos, which from which the word zeal comes. It's a good word, but over time it came to mean that a desire to have something that someone else has and desire for what is not ours. It's not that you want to get the same thing, but you want what they have. All these things are something that comes when we do not walk by the Spirit. So many other issues that will come up in our life. The last one, if you look at it, it says carousing. And in this translation, it, um, it, it's put as orgies and things like these. In some translation, they use the word carousing and this is what it means. Unrestrained revelry enjoyment. Let me put it in simple words. Unrestrained fun. Some friends that we get along with, we just feel like we are let loose. We can say anything we want, do anything we want. Such friendships are dangerous. Anything that is without restraint, anything that is without control is totally something that comes out of the flesh. Probably one day I'll go through all these list of things and, and share with you more about it. And as you read it, read it through all of this, you'll realize that it's nothing different. It doesn't seem like, it won't seem something that we're not part of. Many things are actively working in our life and we have to be careful. Paul goes on to say in the same passage, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 26, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You walk by the Spirit, you'll be a patient man, a patient woman. You walk by the Spirit, you'll be filled with a with the joy that comes from God. You walk by the Spirit, you'll be self-controlled. You walk by the Spirit, you will be a gentle person, you'll be polite. But if the Spirit's leading is not in you, animalistic tendencies will enter into your life. I don't know where your life is today, but the counsel that we receive from God's Word is to walk by the Spirit. I was up quite early this morning and uh, I was going with a very different sermon, very different sermon and I was feeling very disturbed in my heart and I didn't know why, I just, I wrote one sermon, and, uh, a part of it and I deleted, I wrote another one, deleted. And then I felt God leading me to this passage and I don't know why we have to meditate on this but I believe there is a reason and I believe God is, has spoken to us this day this morning and it's something that we have to take it and pay attention and work on it in our lives. You may hear a sermon and you feel convicted, oh I know I'm doing this and I need to fix my life. You, what you should do is you should go home, go to your rooms and fix it, find a way, ask God for forgiveness. Don't just feel convicted here and forget outside the door. Go to your homes, find a place where you can sit and pray and seek God and sort out things. 
Because I believe God is speaking and He's pruning us, He's shaping us. Sometimes I think, God, give me a sermon that will put a smile on everybody's face. You know? But sometimes God has a different word for us and we have to receive it with all its fullness and see what is that area of my life I'm not walking by the Spirit. Temptations may be overtaking you. It's a sign that your life is led by an unholy spirit. And if you truly understand what kind of spirit that is, you'll be scared for your life. Because that spirit is eventually going to destroy your life. The counsel that we receive from the word of God is walk by the spirit. Why don't we all stand up in prayer? Seek the Lord. Ask him for his mercies. It's a great thing to come to church, but it's not enough. So it's a good thing to be faithful to a church, but it's not enough. We have to go one step further. Because the God whom we worship is not a God who is taking attendance every Sunday. He's not looking at an attendance register and saying, has my son come? Has he given faithfully to the church? Has he done this or that? God is not looking at all that. What God is looking at is, how is, how is my son prioritizing me? How is his relationship with me? What is he doing? God is concerned about the relationship, not about anything else. When the Bible says that David was a man after God's heart, it simply means that he was a man who did what God wanted him to do. In other words, it tells us that this man truly loved God. You know, we can sing hundreds of songs. Lord, I love you, my soul sings. We can, we can sing hundreds of songs about God's love and our love towards Him. But here's the thing, you don't obey God, you don't love God. It's very, very important, obedience and loving God goes together. And I, and I sense the Holy Spirit moving in this place right now saying, Obey me. And we have to check our life and, and, and probe ourselves and see that if I love God, then I'll do what He tells me to do. See, the very reason we are, it's easy for us to disobey God is because there is no love for God in our hearts. Jesus looks at the church at Ephesus and he, and he tells them, there's one thing you lack. There's one thing. You have lost the love you had at first. We have to question ourselves. We have to see where we are today. Are we walking by the Spirit? Are we walking according to His will and purpose? How are we today? How are we today? Oh Jesus, we worship. 
Let our lives be the ones that trust God in every moment. Our life be the ones where we are praising God all the day long. Let our lives be a story of trusting, living and walking by his spirit. Let that be our story. Even as we sing the chorus of blessed assurance, we're going to reflect on our life just for a few minutes and ask the Lord help. God, if there is any place of my life that I've drifted away from you, would you help me, Lord? Would you help me, Master? This is my story And this is my song Praising my Savior All the day long And all the day long And this is my story This is my song this is my song Praising my Savior Praising my Savior All the day long Praising my Savior All the day long Yes, Lord Church I pray that all of our lives will be a life where we are walking by the Spirit, full of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, and to be busy with the Spirit. I don't know where your lives might be, but it's time to bring it back into the house of the Lord, into the presence of the Lord, and ask Him for forgiveness, ask Him for strength, that we will not give ourselves over to the things of this world, that we will not give ourselves over to the cravings of the flesh, but that we will that we will always, at all times, at all times, be bound by the Spirit of God. Father, we want to thank you for who you are in our midst, and we pray that you would continue to lead us, O Lord, that we will be doers of your word. Speak to us more about what we have heard this morning. Renew us. Shape us. Help us to obey you. Help us to walk in your fullness. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's keep our eyes closed for the benediction. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us for now and forevermore. Amen, amen, amen.